Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! Hey, everybody, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hey, Annie. Hey, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take like a book or a movie or, or a musical. musical or some other piece of media and mash it up with another one, yeah. and then we see where they cross over. Yeah, notes we found on the street, things yeah. people yelled at us. Yeah, um, old maps. Oh, yeah, we love, ma- we love crossing over maps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they lead to buried treasure of pop culture references. Yeah, right. Dig it. Dig them right up. Yeah. Uh, Annie, where is the map that we're following today leading us? Today we're following the map right between Les Mis and Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Through the, the Bay of Sighs or something. Sighs? I don't know. I have the Bay of, of Chuckles and Song. Yeah, the bay, the bay of musical fields and criminal pasts. Oh, there we go. I yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah, criminals bay. Yeah, yeah. There's a D and D setting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Although who, the, the the cartographer did not hold very high hopes for that place. No. <laughs> He's like, everyone here is dead. It's true. This is going to be bad, Just so many stab wounds. It's going to be a bad place. That the water is actually polluted. Oh, poor criminals bay. Yeah. Got a great arts program, though. <laughs> Eddie, why don't you tell us about Les Mis? So uh, Les Miserables, a.k.a. Les Mis, is a musical based on the novel of the same name by Victor Hugo. It's largely set during the June Revolution in France in 1832, which is not the famous French Revolution in the 1700s oh, that we mostly know about. It's like the Revolutionary also ran. Yeah, they're like, France had like several revolutions. It was yeah. like the big one. With guillotines and then a few others later on. Yeah, they were pretty busy. Yeah. So, bonjour. (laughs) Uh, The story follows former criminal Jean Valjean, who's trying to turn his life around and find redemption. Unfortunately, he's also on the run from police inspector Javert, who wants to bring Valjean back to prison since he basically ran out on his parole. Oh, no. Awkward. Do we find out what uh, Valjean did? He stole a loaf of bread. Oh, that monster. To feed his hungry family. But like... But there, we'll get into the themes oh, okay, later. Cool. <laughs> um, so Valjean has managed to assume a new identity as a mayor and wealthy factory owner. One of the women who works in his factory is Fontaine, who's sending her wages to her daughter, who's t- supposedly being taken care of by an innkeeper and his wife. Eh. You know, as eh, much as you can okay, expect an innkeeper yeah, you know, to take care of any kid. Taking care of, making her the work and yeah, whatever. It's like it's, childhood in that era. Basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fontaine gets in trouble with the harassy factory floor manager and her co-workers Some and things never change yeah right Ugh. She did not have title nine no and so anyway she gets fired 
Uh, she ends up on the streets and having to work as a prox- prostitute and dies from tragedy. <laughs> well, also, she gets, like, her teeth pulled and her hair yeah, cut. Yeah, oh, yeah. And- well, she sells her hair and she sells yeah. her teeth. And it's, like, th- this is, like, it's a whole song about how she's going to die from tragedy. And then she does. <laughs> and then she does. She's a woman of her word. Exactly. Uh, but before she dies, Feljan, who feels guilty that his factory has the worst HR department ever, <laughs> promises to take care of her daughter. He also encounters Javert, who um, admits who he really is to save an innocent man from being arrested by mistake, and runs off to find Fontaine's daughter, Cosette. Cosette is living with the Thénardiers, uh, who I, I really can't just pronounce her name. Thénardiers. Thénardiers. I'm just going to mumble. Um, <laughs> who are seriously sketch fast. There's mm-hmm. the master of the house song, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, they get a really cool number. Yeah. Um, they make Valjean pay to take Cosette away, which seemingly works out for everybody. Yeah. Flash forward like 10 years. Valjean and Cosette are, again, living in secret. Um, so Valjean doesn't get taken away to prison. Um, Cosette kind of doesn't know what's going on he's just like we gotta we gotta go we just have to go sometimes it must be like if you're growing up with parents who are like tax evaders yeah or like living in um uh oh what is that witness protection yeah like that guy on that drunk history episode exactly like that guy on that drunk history episode that's basically because that's life (laughs) (laughs) um Cosette sees and falls in love with Marius, who's a young student who's caught up in the rising tide of revolution with a bunch of other young students. Marius also falls in love with Cosette, which is bad news for Eponine, who loves Marius and is the daughter of the Thenardias. Oh, Eponine Thenardias. Yeah, I know. Her. Um, I guess they lost their end, so. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like it was particularly were, well run. No, anyway. it really wasn't. They had terrible Yelp reviews. <laughs> <laughs> All the plot lines converge during the 1832 revolution. Lots of people die, but Valjean saves Marius, um, which Javert sees and gets sent into a morality spiral because Javert is all like, I am on the side of right and I'm going to bring in this criminal. Mm-hmm. While Valjean is like, I'm literally going to save a kid's life. Can you just like wait five minutes yeah, to arrest me? Can you just give me, me a second? Um, so Valjean knows that he's been found out and goes on the run again, leaving Marius to marry and care for Cosette. Um, Marius and Cosette eventually find Valjean on his deathbed. Valjean has written a letter revealing his background and meets Fontaine in heaven. Major feels. For sure. Now, if I recall correctly from the third grade, my third grade viewing of, in French class, the animated version of <gasps> Les Mis. I want to find that. Yeah. Uh, doesn't, Javert throws himself off a bridge, He right? does, uh, yeah. Because yeah. he's like, yeah, I, I thought that I've been living my life on the heart. He's like, he thinks he's lawful good. Oh. And he's realized that all of the alignments have been thrown off. Seriously. And he literally cannot take it. Oh, man. Yeah, it's like the only thing that I remember. I mean, I was in third grade, so I wasn't like following the plot here. Uh, but yeah, he like rolls his eyes back and then jumps off a bridge. And I was like, what is oh, happening? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's committed his whole life to finding this guy and supposedly bringing him to justice, only to realize that this is no justice at all. And he's wasted his entire life. Epic fail. Epic fail. <laughs> critical fail <laughs> natural one he wrote a one on yeah, charisma he did <laughs> i would totally play the D D version of lame is oh yeah just saying. well there may be potential to talk about that a little bit later on Ooh. Mm-hmm. um so characters obviously jean valjean criminal with a heart of gold javert the cop who can't be stopped <laughs> fontaine cosette marius the thenardiers eponine gavroche who's an adorable little streeter gavroche 
and and Enjolras, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Guys, I didn't take French. I really wanted to. I had to take Latin instead. Um, I took it in third grade. What, en, how do you say Enjolras. Enjolras. Just going to mumble. Yeah. Just keep it in the um, back of your throat. And lots of revolutionary bros. <laughs> oh, bros, 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 bros. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so some themes from Les Mis is uh, a big one is redemption and how your past doesn't define who you are. And you can actively work to make the world a better place through love and kindness. Um, religion is another big theme. Uh, Valjean in the beginning realizes his potential for goodness when a bishop doesn't turn him into the police and offers him kindness instead. Um, one of the big final lines is to love another person is to see the face of God. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's not like a lot of particular religiosity about it, but I like that that's a thread. Yeah, they're living in a religious world. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, morality is in black and white. Again, Javert, Javert wants to think that he is good because he's hunting a criminal. Like he is technically doing right but his whole world is thrown into question when he sees that valjean is ultimately doing more good than he is mm -hmm. um and they get social justice in general is a big theme like we have an obligation to help people who need it um like fontaine who like should have had valjean should have had her back yeah. um and not and and instead she ended up dying on the street would have had all her teeth yeah still. yeah right mm -hmm. her nice hair her locket oh man um and even when revolutions get a lot of your friends dead like you have to keep fighting i think i want to say that the revolution like did not really work and again like france, yeah. france had oh, a bunch it of it didn't them. go great it them. didn't go great yeah. um but that said like these these people were still doing what was right and what was necessary mm -hmm. um so some things i like and think other people will like are just so many feels like it's a big epic overwrought musical <laughs> Like it's sweeping and fun, and you can make a lot of emotive hand gestures, mm -hmm. um, some big feelsy songs. Um, I think we were talking about it at lunch today. It, like it's a very '80s music. Yeah, like it's it's got some really good power ballads, mm -hmm. um, and like the the casts are generally fantastic. Like yeah. I've seen a couple of different productions that were great. The original cast recording, which I listened to like nonstop in middle school, is fantastic. There's the um, the 25th anniversary. Uh, concert production, mm -hmm. um, which is mm -hmm. great and has a real good job air. Well, he's no Russell Crowe. <sighs> I'll talk more <laughs> about that later. <laughs> um, um, and, and there's also like one other just fun thing I think is again, look into a lesser known part of history. Because mm -hmm. um, yeah, you think French Revolution, it's all guillotines and all guillotines that. Guillotines and fun. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Storm in the Bastille. But that mm -hmm. they're... That was not the end of political turmoil in France. Yeah. Um, and again, that this political turmoil keeps going and you still have to keep fighting. Mm -hmm. uh, yay, Les Mis. Yay. <laughs> um, do I've, you hear the people saying, yes, uh, you do. Yeah, that number is pretty great. I have not oh, actually yeah. seen or heard Les Mis, but I know that number. Yeah, but there's, there's so many songs that you would know from it. Like, again, like, I Dreamed a Dream. Um Empty chairs at empty tables. Empty chairs at empty tables. Um, the the Eponine song. The oh god, what is it? Um, uh, oh jeez, I'm trying to find it now. Javeris stars, right? Yes. Um, oh, which is so good. God, why you can't on my own? Jeez, it's like every <laughs> audition song from yep. like 1990 through 20, 2000, basically. Yeah, it's one of the hits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of great showcase for like actors and performers. And, yeah, and, and like lots of great um, songs for female roles. Mm -hmm. Like um, you've got, I mean, Cosette is kind of boring, but 
She's she's got some nice songs in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a real fun musical and like just gets you right in the feels. Right square in the feels. Um, so yeah, do you want to tell us a little about Wreck-It Ralph? Yeah, um, speaking of things that surprisingly get you right in the feels. Um, mm-hmm. Wreck-It Ralph is a 2012 animated film from Disney starring John C. Riley and Sarah Silverman. Um, it's the second of Disney's CGI era movies after they moved from hand-drawn animation into the sort of CGI stuff they're doing now. The first one was Tangled and then they followed up with Wreck-It Ralph and it's been a pretty great run of films. Yeah. Um, so Disney's they, really coming back. They really are. And it's interesting seeing like what the Disney film template is versus the Pixar film template. Yeah, especially because they're technically the same template now. Yeah, or, um, it's all John Lasseter yeah. and like there's a lot of the rigor. But like Disney's big thing, I think, is um, – surprising social commentary embedded in stories about outsiders that have a like surprising villain reversal at some point. Yeah. And it seems like the template they're following, but they're really good at it. Um, basic synopsis of Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, it's set in a video game arcade uh, where at night all of the video game characters leave their games and sort of congregate in a big central hub in the center of the arcade that they get to through the power plugs in the games. It's a very like fun, well-realized world. It is taking a big page from Pixar's kind of secret life of blank uh, setup where we're seeing the secret life yeah, of video game of characters. Yeah, kind of Toy Story Yeah, in that it's like all those things you play with secretly come alive. Exactly. Are really there for in their and have their own lives yeah. and agendas and all that. Um, so Wreck-It Ralph, uh, the protagonist of the movie, is the antagonist of a game in the arcade called Fix-It Felix Jr. Uh, the setup of it, it's a very retro, older video game where uh, Wreck-It Ralph trashes a building and the player who plays as Fix-It Felix Jr. has to stop him. Um, and it's basically Rampage meets Donkey Kong, if you're into your retro video games. Uh, it looks like fun. Um, Ralph, however, is not having fun. He hates being the bad guy in his game, um, especially because he's ostracized by the game's citizens who are called the Nice Landers. Not so nice. They are not nice people. Um, The game has, uh, inside of the game, they have a 30th anniversary celebration um, and a party at the penthouse of the building in the game that they don't invite Ralph to, uh, which he sees and decides to crash. He causes a mess. There's a big scene. By accident. It's true. He doesn't mean to. He just wants to be part of things. Yeah, he's very angry about it. And they basically let him know that they don't see him as anything other than a loser. And uh, they sort of sarcastically say that maybe if he won a medal like Felix gets in the game, then he might be seen as a hero. So he decides that he's going to leave the game and go to a different game and win a medal and come back and show them all so that they accept him. Um, So he goes into other games, uh, first into sort of a Call of Duty style shooter called Heroes Duty. So it's not like a very, it's a very thinly veiled Call of Duty (laughs) clone. Um, But uh, he meets Calhoun, who's uh, like the Jane Lynchiest Jane Lynch character. Uh, she's great. She's, she's like the a general. Delight. Um, and he steals a medal from that game, which inadvertently unleashes a plague of like cyber bugs into the other games. Um, he then retreats into Sugar Rush, which is just a like totally delightful racing game where everything is candy and cake and cupcakes and stuff. It's, it um, sounds like the kind of game that I would love to play. Yeah, it's like Mario Kart meets Candyland. Yeah, um, and in that game, he meets Vanellope von Schweetz, who's a glitchy character off to the side. She's just kind of wandering around in the game and wants to be a racer in the game. And so he decides, uh, or the two of them decide to team up together so that she can enter the Sugar Rush race and win so that she can get the medal that he wants um, and they can all be heroes. Um 
In the meantime, Fixit Felix goes searching for Ralph because if the game stays broken, then it will get unplugged and put into storage and they won't have a home. So Fixit Felix winds up teaming up with Calhoun, uh, who's the general from Heroes Duty, and there's kind of a little delightful love plot. Um, and she is giant and he is not because they're from different games. But that's uh, okay. Yeah. And they go looking for Ralph and everything sort of converges in the Sugar Rush game, among others. Um, it's a super fun uh, romp. It's a great animated movie. It's like a visual just delight fest um, and it has lots and lots of fun characters um, Ralph is sort of the adorable big lug with some anger management problems Fixit Felix is super duper nice but oblivious um, he's played by Kenneth from 30 Rock so like he's Kenneth from 30 Rock essentially yeah. with a magic hammer that fixes things which is makes for an amazing scene where he needs to break out of a prison and just keeps making it better yeah <laughs> um, uh, Vanellope von Schweetz who's played by Sarah Silverman and despite being played by Sarah Silverman um, is a super like sweet and adorable and lovely character. Um, she's got she's kind got of an edge, like, yeah. edge yeah. but like it is, it's not like Sarah Silverman in the Aristocrats. It's Sarah Silverman giving a very good but very different performance. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a kids' movie, so if it were the Aristocrats, things would be very that different. Would, yeah, that'd be. A, I don't think we should do that crossover. No, I don't think. Let's let's leave that one alone. Yeah, right. Um, there's Calhoun, who's played by Jane Lynch, and is just super duper Jane Lynchy. Um, there's King Candy, who's the ruler of Sugar Rush, and uh, is played by Alan Tudyk, who's kind of like. The uh, the Norm. Uh, oh God, what's the actor who played Norm? He's, um, oh, I can't remember his yeah. name, but he, he's in the Pixar. He's movies. He's in all the Pixar yeah. movies. Alan Tudyk is basically doing that with Disney movies. Yeah, and um, like, but whereas you always recognize Norm's voice, like you mm -hmm. never recognize Alan Tudyk. Yeah, he's really he's a great voice actor and sort of chameleon. Um, and so he plays King Candy. Oh, he's a leaf on the wind. Oh, poor Wash. Um, he's the ruler of Sugar Rush. He claims that if Vanellope were to race and win, the game would crash because of her glitch. So he's trying to prevent Aww. that from happening. Um, and then there's just tons and tons of other side characters, especially through references to other classic video games. Um, there's a whole villain support group that Ralph goes to, which includes like Sorry. Satan, Zangief and M. Bison from Street Fighter, a beholder from the D&D &D arcade game, uh, Dr. Robotnik, Bowser. Like it's just like they're all sight gags, but they're really well done. Um, then there's all of the Sugar Rush racers, uh, oh God, so especially good. Taffy Tea Mutton Fudge, played by Mindy Kaling, and they all have names that are that good. Uh, there's like Swizzle Malarkey, Adora Beasel Winter Pop, and of course, Candlehead. I feel like they're all names that could also have come from the Hunger Games universe. <laughs> they really are, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's like if the Hunger Games and Harry Potter collided, you'd get a lot of names. Oh, uh, totally. <laughs> and Candlehead. <laughs> and Candlehead. Um, you've got the Nice Lenders, who are led by the mayor. They're all kinds of jerks. Um, and then, like, Cubert appears because you can't have a movie about video games without Cubert, apparently. I've um, never, I didn't even know. What he's like that the orange dude with the snout who doesn't speak English. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that that was a reference to a particular game. Yeah. It's uh it's a, a classic arcade game and he like for some reason Cubert pops up in like every movie I've ever seen that has to do with video oh, games. Oh, interesting. Um including that terrible Pixels movie with Adam Sandler. Yeah. Um, I know, it's a shame. But it's okay because at the end of that one he turns into a beautiful woman. And Adam Sandler and, does? No, Cubert does and he marries oh. and he marries one of the characters in the movie. Well, good because th that is the most realistic part of life. Yeah. You just the beautiful women throw themselves at average-looking and average-behaving men. After first being little orange alien dudes that don't speak Well, we English. all are inside. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> we all. <laughs> 
Um, some themes of the movie, uh, the biggest one is sort of the importance of being yourself. Um, Ralph has from the villain support group and uh, a bad guy affirmation that literally makes me tear up every like even if, if I like say it to myself, it, I will tear up sometimes. Uh, but it is I am bad and that's good. I will never be good, but that's not bad. There's no one I would rather be than me. Aww. It's really, really lovely. Uh, and Ralph sort of comes to see the meaning of that over the course of the movie. But the movie is also a lot about the inverse, which is recognizing the importance and the value of other people. So it's you can't change who you are, but you also need to see that other people are who they are as well and that everybody has a role to play. Um, and people can surprise you even inside of their roles and who they are. Um, uh, it's also a great film in that it represents a character essentially with a differently abled character. Um, mm -hmm. Vanellope has this sort of glitching problem which makes her uh, a subject of ridicule by all the other racers and kind of and makes they her say, an outsider. And they say you can't do this thing that everybody else is doing. Exactly. Um, and it's very much like a kid, a differently abled kid on a playground getting bullied. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's a lovely representation of that. I think. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it doesn't take take away her disability in this it's not mm -hmm. like look everything is magic and fixed at the end it's yeah. like okay well this is a thing yeah and it's and she learns to make it a part of who she is yeah and and to use it um and then uh the fun stuff of the film is especially just these video game homages that they're constructing in the movie are so lovingly rendered and sort of spot on. Um, Sugar Rush is a game that I would have sunk a ton of quarters into as oh, a kid. Totally. It is such a delightful world, like all of the racetracks that they go through in the areas of it. It's like a really amazing dessert-based Mario Kart, and there's so much ingenuity and thought put into it. The theme song will get stuck in your head for days. It's this, like, J-pop um, uh, piece of just delightful music that uh, that will haunt your brain forever. So get excited about that. Um, but really, all of the stuff they do with video games is so... Um, thoughtful and lovingly crafted and it's obviously people who love the subject matter using it to then make and sort of embed a deep social issue in um, mm -hmm. much like the disney movies have been doing recently yeah. um so yeah uh two slightly different films or a film and a musical medias. Yeah, yeah medias um but uh let's talk about thematic crossovers where do these where do these meet up so i feel like the big one is that your your criminal past does not have to dictate who you are it's true you can still do good yeah as a bad um, guy oh totally where yeah john valjean is is trying to like outrun his past and find redemption mm -hmm. and um really ralph is coming to terms with the fact that while he is a video game villain, he can still be part of this community and yeah. and that he has value not only as a character, but as a person. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like letting people choose their own destinies in general is kind of a, a part, a thread that goes through things or that like people can make something of themselves no matter yeah. who they are. Um, and, you know, rigid codes and yeah. rules and stuff uh, can be, you know, you can be a good guy without being, while could, still being a bad guy. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like Javert would be the mayor of Niceland. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like there's a little bit of, uh, there's a little bit of Javert in Fix-It Felix as well. Um, I feel like Fix-It Felix has a more sensitivity. Yes. Like he... I think he feels bad about what's happening to Ralph, but he doesn't stand up for Ralph until like they're all threatened. That's basically. true. He's, he's not totally oblivious. No, I feel like the the main nice lander. He's more Javert, mm -hmm. where he's like, "No, we don't want Ralph here. Yeah, get you out have of to here. live in the in the garbage, in the brick pile. Yeah, yeah, it's a problem. It's a real problem, um, especially because the plot behind Wreck It Ralph or Fix It Felix, the video game, is that the building has built over Ralph's house and they bulldozed his yeah, house. Yeah, right. Home. It's, like it's, it's like gentrification. 
vacation. I know. It's really grim. Um, so yeah, nice lenders. Not so nice. Not so nice, you guys. There's a, there's a lesson in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but hey, how about the physical crossover? How do these things, how do these worlds get brought together? <laughs> That's a really good question. <laughs> I've got an idea. Oh, so what's your idea? Okay. So <laughs> things are, are we mixing up. <laughs> Real life France. Yep. With a video game. Oh, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. Things are going great at the arcade, uh-huh. but uh, you know, arcades are suffering these yeah. days. And so they're All trying those to. those internets that the kids exactly. are on. Exactly. Too many internets. Um, and so, of course, in order to try to compete and make themselves savvy, they decide to harken back to other traditions such as the edutainment video game. For uh-huh. example, the Oregon Trail, yeah. um, Amazon Mavis Trail, Beacon, all the are trails. You the, you know, the where U- in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah, the Yukon Trail. Oh, Math Blaster. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's this new video game being shipped into the arcade? Oh, look, it's Les Mis, the video game. <laughs> French Revolution, the game. <laughs> oh, no, I think it's totally Les Mis. And I think I want to yeah. talk a little bit about – I mean, we need to figure out, A, what kind of game it would be. Yeah. But I think primarily it comes in uh, and, like, maybe it's an adventure game where you're Javert looking for – Yeah, I, I could uh, see it as, a, like, an RPG kind of thing where it's, mm-hmm. like, a deep, expansive world. Yeah. Um, and you play as, as – um, or you play as Valjean and you you are on the run and you have to try and find safety and you talk to people and you can like yeah. get points if you You get loaves of bread. Follow, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like if you like you know, there was that video game where you had to like maybe kill a baby instead of well, what, what was that one that you had? Oh, you Fallout. Play? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I didn't make it up. <laughs> True. That would be a little more immersive than an arcade setting, probably. I think you gotta I, I, you gotta get people pumping some quarters in there. That's okay. Yeah. I'm picturing a side scroller with Javert running across the screen and like being chased by people and like picking up bread Aww. as it goes. And then like maybe Marius pops up. As oh, like no. A, I think I'm thinking of more of like a Call of Duty style, like that kind yeah. of level of graphics. I like, can see that. Yeah. You high production value. Real high production value. In keeping with the music. Yeah, exactly. Which requires high production value. Such values. high production value. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is not an 8 bit deal. No. This is, yeah, from, and the music swells. These and... are from the guys who landed a helicopter on stage in Miss Saigon. Yes, like they're exactly. making some demands. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think like of course the Lay Miz game comes in yes. and uh lands in the arcade and all of these characters uh you know, the the video game characters, it's a new game, so they haven't gotten into gotten like they're still in their character. Yeah, they're still very they're, in their character. They're buzz light earing it. Exactly. They are so buzz light earing that. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. Um yeah, and so, you know, it falls onto Wreck It Ralph and Felix and all of the people in the arcade to sort of get these people to be a little less hardcore and And I can see again like Valjean is trying to escape. He is yeah. he's escaping into all these other games exactly. and hiding out. And they're like, and Ralph and Felix mm-hmm. have already been through this, so they have to go help find these guys. Yeah, like bring them back to their game. Exactly, and like Fontaine is like a bonus level or something. Oh yeah, like, yeah. You like I don't know. She's like the Easter egg. Yeah, she's a side quest. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I think it's um I think that we're cheating a little bit because I I also was toying around with a time portal opening up and sending a video game back to Revolutionary France, uh-huh. but I feel like that would get burned for witchcraft Marius really is quick. Just like this guys, I found this amazing thing. Guys, I have carpal tunnels and I've yeah. been up all night playing this thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so as these video games intersect yes. and the Les Mis, um, I feel like there's a fighting game aspect to it as well, but I don't Well, know. I mean, Javert and Feljean would have to fight at some point. They have yeah. their duel, the, um, the Nardiers. Oh yeah, they're a boss level for yeah, sure. Yeah, and the, um, the revolutionaries are mm-hmm. all, like, there's, that's a shoot 'em up kind of style game. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, Marius, you play for a level, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Um, Gavroche, you have to like sneak around trying to find secrets. Ooh, secrets. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like this. I would play this game. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but hey, as we were playing this game, uh, how would the all of these characters get along with one another? Man, so okay, so everybody's a video game character at this yeah. point. So kiss your faces is not as creepy. Well, it's uh, not as impossible, I would say. That is true. Although I guess it could be like a Japanese dating sim or something. Um, you know, <laughs> I feel like maybe Ralph, R- um, Ralph and Eponine would be a good couple because they're both people who have been like shafted to the side in their own little communities yeah that's true Eponine really just kind of she's in the show just to like get be sad right yeah like Like, well she um I think she's helping out oh no she um at some point the her the Thenardier is like they they see Valjean and they recognize who he is and mm -hmm. she like basically stops them from Uh, getting him so like she's she's there to play you know she has some role yeah um, and dies in the revolution. Oh, but uh, I know, right? Man, everybody has a rough time. She does, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But like, I, again, she's someone who's like, she was growing up with Cosette, who ends up having this great life. Mm-hmm. Um, her her parents are the worst. Yeah, she loves this guy who doesn't love her. Mm-hmm. Everyone looks at her like, um, thanks, Eponine, you can yeah. leave now. And you know, Ralph lives in a big pile of rubble, and yeah. she's living during Revolutionary France. She, so her life is right rubble. At, yeah, she'd feel right at home. Yeah, you know, they could have a cozy little cottage oh, yeah, together. And I feel they they would be very thoughtful and sensitive for each other, and yeah, yeah like give each other some kind of nice, stable support base. Mm-hmm, exactly, and uh, she could sing for him. It would be lovely. Aw, yeah, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, how about Vanellope? Um, let's assume that she she is. Uh, an well, adult. I mean, she's well, a kid. She's, she's sort of a kid well, in she, Sugar Rush. Well, I mean, there's Gavroche. Oh, that's true. He's a, he's a little scrappy street urchin. Well, I think, yeah, they would get along great. I feel like he would help her with her car. I think he would learn, like, the mechanic skills. Ah. And, like, that's that's where their relationship would start. Yeah, from. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And he could, like, steal her things to make the car with because it's yeah. all sort of theft. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they would relate on a moral level, I think. Yeah. For where sure. Where it's like we're we're in it for the the greater good. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. we're, again, we're a little scrappy. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Does King Candy get any love? Um, uh, I mean... He's an aggressive dude. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I could see him both hanging out with and fighting with the Thenardiers. Yeah, that's true. He would They're like they would all work fest. with each other. Yeah. yeah, they would they would hatch a plan together. Yeah. It, would be, it would be bad. Um, it would not go great. So maybe that would that's more of a best buddies kind of setting. Yeah, or a battle dome. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, what? How about the battle dome? Let's talk about um, who's fighting. Well, let's. I mean, let's look at just the the revolutionaries and the um, most of the racers. Oh, that's true. Like, yeah, they're Ooh. they're really holding on to the social norms, especially by you know making fun of Vanellope and mm-hmm. keeping her out of the races. Where I feel like the revolution the revolutionaries would be like, no, we are gonna shut down this yeah um this monarchy and we know from the end of act one of lame is that what a revolution what are the revolutionaries really great at building barricades what are cars really bad at driving, running into barricades. yeah driving into walls <laughs> it's cars worst nightmares yeah um so yeah they are so evenly matched um well that would be a bloodbath <laughs> well it already is in the in the play so. that's true um yeah man so grim. Yeah, that is real dark. Rush. But again, like that, that Sugar Rush is really living in a, a Hunger Games style like dictatorship. And Sugar so. Rush is a monarchy. It is. And the revolutionary is not They fans. hate that. Wow. And they're, yeah, they're keeping the normal people down. Uh-huh. Candy is getting eaten. That's true. All the candy is sentient in Sugar yeah. Rush. And it is working for a dictatorial regime that is literally eating it. Yep. 
Man. It's real dark. So the Lamech game comes in and basically foments revolution across the the rest of the arcade. Yes. (laughs) Do you hear the pixel sing? (laughs) Yay. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, I, I can totally see that. So Battle Dome is just kind of everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's just a Every- giant fight. Yeah, this turned into like Lord of the Rings yes. all of a sudden. Um, I kind of love that. Yeah, me too. Wow. So much syrup. I don't know. What's the blood in, in, a, in a sugar rush? Eh. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Chocolate. Chocolate sauce. It's delicious. Mm. Most delicious revolution I ever. I know, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, how about best buddies? Who's all getting along? Yeah, that's. I mean, I feel like Fix It Felix and Marius. Yeah, they're just nice, goofy yeah. guys who maybe are not the brightest. Exactly. Um, and I think obviously Ralph and Valjean, mm-hmm. Javert and the Nicelanders. Yeah, I think Calhoun and Valjean, um, because they both they have ha- haunted they, pasts. Yeah, and they both have like a real s- sense of a mission. Yeah. And like a, and trauma and yeah. sadness. Like and maybe, the, I mean, maybe Calhoun and Fontaine. Uh, oh, because Fontaine would be like, I dreamed a dream in time gone by and my husband left me. And Calhoun would be like, I saw mine get murdered by yeah, evil bugs. Bug. Yeah, it was bad. And she's like, I joined the military. Well, I, she was already part of the military. But she was like, I had my support system in the armed forces where Fontaine is like, I was on the streets. They do both have short haircuts. They do. Yeah. <laughs> cool girls with short hair. Yeah, Calhoun would figure out how to turn that cut stylish yeah. for Fontaine. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that cut can already be stylish thanks to Imperator Furiosa. From that is Max true. Fury Road. Which would also be a great video game. Yeah, didn't they make it, but they like cut out Furiosa? Well, yeah, they made an open world video, like RPG game. Yeah. It should have just been like a car race game. Yeah. I would play the hell out of that. Like if you were just playing Mad Max Fury Road, but like racing, racing oh, cars, yeah. building but I cars. Think, I thought they like made a Mad Max Fury Road, but yeah. they did not. It was like you play as Max. Yeah, you play as Max. Who, who wants that? Yeah. And it's a big open world and it was not good. No. Uh, boo. Boo. Um, yeah. Let's talk about video games that are great. Like Les Mis, the arcade. Yes. <laughs> what the people want. <laughs> yeah. Man, I would play the hell out of that. Um, so yeah, I think this crossover, like once we get that arcade game into the arcade, it kind of writes itself. Yeah. It does. Um, there, there are a lot of real connections here. Yeah. Is the arcade able to stay open once all of the games in it have undergone revolutionary reimaginings? Like, you know, Princess Peach is now like President Peach. Exactly. She's been elected in a democratic I hope she wasn't deposed. No, but I think she was a good leader. So everyone was like, hmm? Let them eat mushrooms. That's what she said. I mean, she's not a great leader. She gets captured all the time. Yeah, but that's like her primary platform of governance is I will (laughs) get captured every month. Yeah. If if I get stolen by a dinosaur, a plumber will save me. That is my campaign promise (laughs) to you. It's going to (laughs) happen. It's going to happen. I guess she also plays tennis. Like, she's a sporty. She's sporty in Mario Tennis. Oh, well, I mean, she also drives cars in Mario Kart. That is true. It's yeah. whatever the game needs to <laughs> She does whatever she needs yeah. to do. She doesn't ask questions. No. <laughs> um, yeah. I would be fascinated to see a lot of restructured video game governance as a result of Les Mis. Yeah. Um, hopefully not too much anarchy and hopefully not a reign no, of terror. No, but yeah, I think – oh, that is true. Reign of terror, incidentally, great name for a video game. Yes. Would it be R-E-I-G-N or R-A-I-N-E? Oh, R- R-A-I-N. Okay. I kind of like R-A-I-N-E. It's very fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Reign of Terror. And the main character's name is Rain. Yeah, of exactly. Yeah, it's very grim. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Andy, if people want more things like Les Mis, what should they do? Um, so for more kind of sweeping historical epics, uh, I would suggest uh, Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens, which looks at the famous French Revolution in the Ooh, 1700s. The one everybody knows. The one everybody No, but literally the one everybody knows. Not, not the B-side French Revolution. Yeah, the, the later sequels. <laughs> <laughs> French Revolution, Secret of the, the Ooze. The French Revolution's <laughs> early stuff before they got really popular. Yeah, right. <laughs> they went corporate. Exactly. <laughs> um, but that one is also about love and sacrifice and revenge and morals. Um, and like General Dickens, if you want social justice meets big sweeping epic. Mm -hmm. um, Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte for, again, more social justice and a look at how your background doesn't have to define your future. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, the, Sinjin feels like a Les Mis character, too. He really does. Like, he's got yeah. some real intense morality issue. Is but, like, yeah. he, he errs on the side of good. But it's like yeah, it's like Javert wanders into a gothic novel all of a sudden. Yeah, well, I mean, he he already is in a gothic novel. We well, yeah, a Victor Hugo. That's true. He wanders into another an <laughs> yes. adjacent gothic novel through the power cords that connect the gothic novels <laughs> yes. in the gothic novel Jane arcade, Eyre, the video game, yeah. Jane Eyre guitar, <laughs> Jane Eyre guitar hero. It's a oh, dance dance revolution would have a whole new <gasps> meaning. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. I want this revolutionary arcade so bad right. now. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but for, again, going back to sweeping historical ep epics, um, there's the North and South BBC miniseries, which I've recommended before, but is great and looks at the plate of factory workers and has some real great feels. Mm -hmm. Oh, smolder. Such smolders. Oh, such smolders. <laughs> and then because you can't get enough musical theater feels, um, Phantom of the Opera is like the big parallels to this one. Yeah, it came up around 80s. the same time as Les Mis. Also big and sweeping and kind of all this 80s musical theater yeah. goodness. Driving rock pop opera. Yeah, like but like fantastic cast recordings. Oh, yeah. Like it's, and it, I could see these musicals over and over. They're just a good time. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's Rent, which is also big and sweeping and feelsy and really ideal if you're under 25. For sure. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, it's one that like, it's great when you, if you hit it at the right time. Yeah. It, and in the same life. way, you're like, I'm going to listen to On My Own over and over. Like you're going to listen to like the, you know, 525,600 mm -hmm. minutes. Oh yeah. And, Seasons of Love. Yeah, you're going like, to listen to everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they really connect with you when you're like a... Love you, Bellam. Yeah. Oh, so good. Listen to that every day, every morning on the bus into school senior year. Did not, did not pursue it, but you know, didn't pursue. Love you, Bellam. Oh no, I really Very enjoy unpleasant. having a bathroom that yeah, works. Incredibly. And unpleasant. also, maybe I should pay for food. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that poor cafe owner. Yeah. Right. Just trying to do He's his like, job. No, you can't have fries. I, I need. I have rent. Yeah. I also like work here. Yeah. Anywho, that's for the post twenty five year old hashtag discussion. Hashtag so old. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag get a job. Um, Sweeney Todd is a, a really wonderful musical that's super dark and mm -hmm. intense, and has uh, a dad who makes questionable choices, but ultimately <laughs> loves his daughter. Aww. Um, and don't watch the movie, the recent movie, because why would you cast Russell Crowe as Javert? Yeah. Like, you know, the rest of the cast. Does does okay. Yeah. And like the overall, like Hugh Jackman is obviously a musical theater person. Sure. Anne Hathaway is and very much a musical theater person. Is she? She's like a high school musical theater yeah, person. Yeah, I think. But like 
Hugh Jackman is a professional musician. That is He's, true. He has gotten like Tony nominations. Uh-huh. Um, and like Anne Hathaway does a way better job than I would. Oh yeah, no, so she's, more power to her. I like Anne Hathaway a lot. Yeah, I think she. Um, she but she she's not like a general Broadway theater person. Exactly. Um, but Russell Crowe does about as good a job as I would as at singing. <laughs> Acting, he's great. Yeah. He get he can kick me right out of the out of the box. But and he's very gruff when she wants to be. Yeah, I, I get that growly look. Oh, yeah. oh no. Oh, God, <laughs> know, it's happening. It's coming. <laughs> In a full moon, I turn into Russell Crowe. The revolution, no. <laughs> uh, but if you want to see like some, some good Les Mis stuff instead, watch the 25th anniversary concert, which mm. includes Norm Lewis's amazing version of Stars, yeah. which is how it should be done. Yeah, that's uh, how, how people should sing that song. Yeah, and that, I feel like nor, um, that version of Stars in particular parallels for me so much with um leslie odom jr's wait for it like oh yeah those i feel like it like even though i wouldn't necessarily match up les mis and hamilton in terms of style Mm -hmm. um i feel like those two songs are so perfect in that they are looking at the technical villain who is so devoted to his moral code yeah and and gives him a real like sensitivity and kind of um thoughtfulness even yeah. though you're like you're making very bad life choices <laughs> yeah for sure and, and just two powerful performers oh yeah and uh and the whole end of act one on the barricades number is insane and beautiful and wonderful yeah. is it end of act one no um well which i mean there's the do you hear the people yeah saying? that one. Yeah. The one where they all cross over and it's all crazy and yeah oh that's a, i feel like that one is like west side stories tonight where it it's is just like everybody coming yeah. together like, so good do it yeah <laughs> all those beautiful casts oh yeah um so yeah so what about wreck it ralph wreck it ralph there's a bunch to choose from um my main thing that i would recommend if you are looking for a comic uh to read um is my favorite run of comics of all time which is deadpool uh issues 1 to 33 written by joe kelly this was the first run of deadpool as a solo comic book character he'd been in a few miniseries up to that point but 1997 to about 1999 Joe Kelly took the character and basically created this wonderful basis for who the character is now in a little bit of an oversaturated way, I think, in pop culture. Um, Deadpool's basic setup is he is a mercenary. Uh, He went... He had cancer. He went through the same Weapon X program that Wolverine went through, but flunked out. Um, They basically tried to give him a healing factor, and it didn't take it first. And in the process, it left him really, really horribly scarred, and then uh, it kicked in. And so he's this guy with a really wonderful healing factor and mercenary skills, but terrible uh, cosmetic situations. Um, He's the Phantom of the Opera, but with superpowers? Yeah, he looks like cheese pizza, basically. Oh, no. Um, But the fun with Deadpool is that he is a character who is essentially aware that he is a comic book character. Um, Deadpool in all of his permutations is very meta. Um, He makes a lot of random pop culture references. He's certifiably insane. Um, And so it's an incredibly fun series to read. But I think Joe Kelly balances it incredibly well, as opposed to, I think, later writers have really let Deadpool kind of go off the deep end as this kind of amoral character who also has all of these like pop culture references and knows that he's a character. With Joe Kelly, there's always a lovely balance because the overall arc of Kelly's run is the idea of Deadpool as a guy who has been really bad and done really awful things and desperately wants to be a hero. 
So he starts Aww. trying to change his life in all the wrong ways, and uh, people get killed, and you meet lovely side characters, and it really becomes a very insular sort of run that I would so highly recommend because Joe Kelly's a wonderful comics writer, and Deadpool is like a character who he's really helped define. There is also an issue where Deadpool gets sent back in time to the first issue of Spider-Man, and uh, it's Deadpool in the Spider-Man universe, and it's really super duper delightful. So check that out. Um, another comic worth taking a look at, I would say, is The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, especially volumes one and two by Alan Moore. It sort of takes the same idea of like, it's a video game arcade where all the characters know each other at night, mm. but it takes it from classic Victorian literature and all of these protagonists. And that's how Javert like, gets into J Jane Eyre. Yes. Bam. <laughs> love it. Um, yeah. It's like Alan Quartermain and Mina from Dracula and the Invisible Man and Captain Nemo basically all get put onto a super group team. Um, it doesn't sound as cheesy as it just did. Um, the movie's terrible. Don't watch the movie. But the comics are really fun. And it's like every single character who appears in them, because Alan Moore is kind of obsessive, uh, has some background in Victorian literature. So it's kind of a fun um, spotting game to see who who's who. Um, it goes, as many Alan Moore projects uh, in more recent years does, sort of a little bit off the rails mm -hmm. into crazy cosmology and sex and stuff. But uh, Volumes 1 and 2 are pretty solid. I would say Volume 1 more so than Volume 2. Even in Volume 2, things start to get a little... Yeah, not great, but they're still worth reading, uh, especially volume one. Um, I would also say Hyperbole and a Half, uh, which is a webcomic by Ali Broch, but it's also uh, been released in a book format. For me, feels like a window into the character of Vanellope. Yeah, um, I feel like she, I could see Vanellope at least like reading the webcomic and being like, I feel this. Yeah, it's like a very sort of hyperactive sugar rush, if you will, sort of um, artistic take on uh, this uh, on this comedian's life. Um, she's really just a fun, smart writer, and she writes especially about childhood and like and um, and really tough issues too. Yeah, like she, she has really phenomenal comics about depression mm -hmm. while maintaining that like sugar rushy like intensely funny yeah. feel. Yeah, the art style is purposefully bad. It's sort of in Microsoft Paint style. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah, it's just a really charming, lovely webcomic and book. Um, I recommend picking up the book because it collects some of her best sort of essays, essentially, but they're all animated. Um, for another sort of surprisingly rousing movie about video games, I cannot recommend The King of Kong highly enough. It is a movie, a documentary about a guy trying to break the world Donkey Kong Jr. high score record. And I have honestly never watched a movie at home, especially a documentary where everyone in the room cheered more than at this movie. It becomes weirdly one of the most compelling sports films I have ever watched. It's all in the narrative construction of it and in like the characters, the guy, the people are real in it, but they are so outsized and wonderful because they're people who've dedicated their lives to playing Donkey Kong. So there's a lot of interesting personalities in general. It's a, it's a very but, interesting subculture. Yeah. But there is a moment that the entire room I was in was on our feet cheering and clapping during this film simply because it's so well constructed. Um, you guys go check it out. It's great. Um, and then the other recent Disney animated films, uh, I think especially Zootopia, uh, the most recent one, it's sort of a similar, like really cute, well-rendered, different fun world movie um, that has a really nuanced thematic discussion embedded within it um, without ever feeling preachy. Um, and if uh, you'd like another animated film that deals with a disability, I would say Finding Dory is great. Oh, Dory. Um, I know. Little Baby Dory is the cutest in oh, the world. Also, I don't know if they have this on the Finding Dory DVD, but Sandpiper is the short that played before Finding Dory. That's true. And is 
the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. End of sentence. <laughs> it uh, Piper changed Annie's life. It's so good. For and the so better. adorable and so beautiful and so moving and powerful without any dialogue. Just it's birds. like five minutes long. It's just beautiful. Yeah. We have we have a Sandpiper puzzle now that we get to Yay. put together at some point. Um, but yeah, and you had a recommendation as well. Oh, yeah. The um, astounding entrance of Chad Deity for oh, yeah. a character who is playing the villain but is not a bad guy. Yeah. It's a great play by and, Christopher Diaz. Um, and it's and about how like villains have their roles in these kind of narratives. Um, mm-hmm. And that might not be who they actually are. Yeah. It's a play all about pro wrestling, and it is set and performed basically in a wrestling ring. It's one of the most fun theatrical experiences. Yeah, and like as someone who had literally like never been a wrestling watcher Mm -hmm. at all, like it was just such a powerful piece of theater. Yeah, and it explains perfectly why people love pro wrestling and what the potentials of it are and what the pitfalls of it are. Yeah, I mean, in the Um, same way, I feel like Racket Ralph deals with video games. Like it loves video games Mm -hmm. um, while also being able to kind of poke fun at itself. Yeah, so the elaborate entrance of Chad Deity, if it's playing in your town, go see it ASAP. If not, pick it up and read it. It's a Mm -hmm. lovely, lovely play, and Christopher Diaz is a great writer. Um, hey, speaking of great things and people seeking out great things, Annie, if people want more Crossover Appeal content, where should they go? They can find us at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com for um, all our episode show notes and then other random fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have thoughts about what video games you would like to see get revolutionarily yeah. recalibrated, uh, you can email us at crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our Facebook community at Crossover Appeal Podcast. Ooh. And when we don't post new episodes, we ask you what you've been watching or reading or listening to. So let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, on Twitter, you can tweet us at Crossover Appeal. Um, and yeah, we do lots of fun gifts and stuff as well. Yeah. Guys, so make Every sure so you follow often us. we have a poll. Oh, yeah. There are good polls. I love polls. <laughs> you guys, it's the best. It is. Um, and most importantly, you can subscribe to us on places like iTunes and rate and review us because we love that. Please mm-hmm. rate and review us. Yeah, um, it would be great. Uh, we obviously love getting the word out. Um, we've been gradually building an audience, which is delightful. Mm-hmm. But if everybody tells one friend that they have about it, whether on social media or in person, then we'll start to get some more. Um, so leave a review or post a link or join our Facebook group and help us have lots of fun conversations because we like doing it, yeah. you guys. And the more, the merrier. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, we will see you all again in two weeks for another thrilling discussion. Um, but in the meantime, uh, for Crossover Appeal, I'm Walt McGough. And I am 24601. <laughs> oh, no, wait, I'm Annie Carty. Yay. <laughs> and we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. Please ship responsibly.